Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode 49 of the First Exchange podcast with me, your host, Lydia Didal. Well, we're edging closer to the big 50. Cannot actually genuinely cannot believe that we're 49 episodes in and having the best time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, episode 49, you know, I absolutely love when I, well, I love anyone that comes in and is sitting in, in the, the podcast chair, but I especially love when it's someone that I know very well. And I was absolutely honoured to have... If you can remember back to a couple of podcasts ago, I had Terence Murphy, the owner of the Dublin Vintage Factory, in. we obviously spoke about knowing each other a very long time, growing up together in Waterford. We all moved to Dublin and, you know, going our separate ways and reconnecting and different, well, another member of that group of friends was Katie Kim. Um, well, you'll know her as Katie Kim. I like to call her Kate. That's my pet name for her. But Katie Kim is one of, in my humble, humble opinion, Ireland's most underrated musicians. She is... I, I, I tried to explain to her during this podcast how incredible um, her music is and the energy that is exchanged when she is playing music is absolutely... I've never witnessed anything like it before. Um maybe that's because she's a good friend of mine and, and you know I'm a bit biased but I don't think so she is notoriously shy about doing media she she doesn't really like to do it so I was so delighted um, when I asked her and you know she was a little bit hesitant and then she was like okay I'm just going to say yes and I'm going to come in and I knew that once she came in her sharing her story would be so special and it was um, we had such a great catch up from talking about growing up to how she got into music, her creative process, absolutely everything. And we had the best, best hour. And I really hope you're going to enjoy it. And I hope you do. And if you do, please get onto social media and give us a little tweet or an Instagram DM or a Facebook message and let us know how much you enjoyed it. And even if you want to go one step more, and share the podcast so that your friends, your family members can find out all about the First Exchange podcast. If you are a diehard fan, and I know there's a few of you out there, then please go to our Patreon. It is patreon.com forward slash the first exchange. And there you can throw a couple euro per month and you can help us keep the podcast running and make sure that we not only hit episode 50, but we can go on to meet episode 100. And I guarantee you episode 100 is going to be very special. I guarantee it. Um, without further ado, I will let you go and enjoy episode 49 of the first exchange with Katie Kim. Katie Kim. Lydia. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I am over the moon that you were com- you agreed to come in. I am over the moon that you asked me. I love the podcast. You're, you're really good at this. Thank you very much. You're really good at it and it's really interesting to listen to and you're just, it's like the time flies by and you're great at what you do and I'm happy to be here. 
Thank you so much. That is a bi- that's a big compliment coming from you. The podcast queen. It's <laughs> <laughs> my first first podcast. Is well, it, is may- it? Maybe the second. Maybe the second. Well, the first one you did didn't count. This one really counts. <laughs> this one really counts. What was I'm the first scared. podcast? I'm Don't scared. be scared. I am scared. Why would you be scared? Can't listen back to hear yourself speaking about things. It's but you've scary. got. Uh, sorry, but you are a singer. It's different. But speaking is different to singing. Well, you've got a beautiful voice. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Don't be scared. Oh, we know each other. Uh, like, don't know. Twenty-five, thirty-five, twenty over twenty years. Over twenty years. Wow, that's terrifying. You, yes, we all lived together very young. We did. We lived together a couple of times, actually, over the years. We did. We we have seen each other in every type of situation. Yeah. I mean, there was a small group of acceptable people that we could. <laughs> so we had to stick with each other. We had to stick close. We had a, we had a wonderful childhood. What we did. It was eventful. Yeah. Event of absolute messing. Mm-hmm. Music. Yeah. Uh Alcohol, good bit of alcohol. Good bit in. of alcohol, and just lots of laughs. Lots of laughs. Lots of laughs. Lots of tears. What are some of your favorite memories from from growing up? Ooh, go back there. I don't know. I'd have to really think. I mean, it all. It seems like just one big jumble of life from yeah. like from the age of fifteen to about nineteen. Yeah. It just all seems like a big bubble of everything <laughs> happening all at once. I think it's because everything is a blur. Yeah, it all seems like one Thursday night in the junction. It does. <laughs> Those nights in the Roxy, the Roxy was like a um, um, like a nightclub in Waterford um, that would basically just leave you in at any age, really. Yeah. But like we first started going out there when we were probably about 14. Yeah, 10. yeah. Uh, they were really good days. Mm. And then on to the forum. Stage and two. Then onto the forum. Yeah. So I suppose like just being introduced to going out. Yeah. And going, wow, you don't have to drink in fields. I mean, yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you look back at that time, because <clears throat> obviously, <clears throat> you know, let's talk about the day job, which is uh, music. Mm-hmm. And from the very moment that I met you, it was like Katie, the musician. Like that was your, that was your thing. Like it was just like, remember, you know, this is Katie. She is the singer songwriter. She's the singer songwriter from. Don't tell me I will get it. Waterford? No, 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 no. The pub. Don't tell me, Kate. I will remember it. Grimes's. You used to play upstairs in Grimes's. Grimes's, yes. Or the Kings was another one. Kings. That's it. The first time I ever heard you sing my favorite song that you've ever written. Grace was upstairs in crisis. Terence Murphy's listening to this. He's going to absolutely piss himself. Katie, it's, Katie has written some of the most incredible music in the last 20 years. But I cannot get past Grace, which was... And you know what it was? I know you're laughing your heart out here, Katie. But you know what it was? I had never witnessed, like, such an intimate musical moment 
as I did that night see, hearing you sing this song. I had never was witnessed because it. It was like one of the first musical moments, maybe. <laughs> one of the only ones you'd ever experienced. I don't on, think it on, was the most amazing. I think maybe you had, had, you, had you been to gigs before? <laughs> I, think I, was, I think I'd been to Creamfields a couple of times. <laughs> so that was it. You'd never heard guitar music before. Wow. What is this? String, I, five, six string I think there was I think there was a bit of guitar music on the intro to a Limp Biscuit album. <laughs> That's what it is. I think that was a bit. I recognize that sound from somewhere. <laughs> no, but I mean what I what I'm saying is you, you've been doing this what seems like your entire life. I suppose I have. Yeah, I've just been I've just kept 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 going. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I never really, uh, I, I feel a little bit weird, a little bit strange if I, because I mean, I have to work a day job. I'm not lucky enough that I can um, sus- keep sustain myself with uh, music alone. That is the industry that I'm in. And maybe it is because I have made the choice to do it. Maybe if I had made the choice many years ago to, to not get a day job and just really try and focus on it, I probably might have done it, but... Um, but when I do have the day job, I think when I finish it, uh, if I had not, if I didn't have it to turn to, it would be a really strange world. I don't know what I would do with myself if I didn't have it to turn to, you know. <clears throat> well, before we talk about not having it, was there a little bit of regret there in in what you say about not having the day job or if you go back and... and yeah, I think I got too used to doing it. Like I see friends of mine now who are really talented um, artists and musicians. And yeah, like it's a really big struggle for them to survive. But they do it and they have to do it. And they have to work constantly, constantly, really, really hard and more and more because they have, cause it is their only way of surviving. Mm. Now, I mean, you know, I still think that most musicians have to get some kind of help from the government because you just can't. It's not It's not a country... Now, saying that, um, the, the Arts Council, especially Waterford Arts Council, have been extremely generous to me over the last few years and they've been really sound with helping me out. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do have to apply for things like grants. You have to fill out paperwork and beg for money mm. for your work in order to, you know, m- make what you want to make if it's not massively commercial sound, you know, or if it's not a mass- massively commercial quote unquote type of art that mm-hmm. you're making. Yeah. Does that need to change? Well, I mean, I don't think RT1 or, or RT2 listeners want to listen to my music in the daytime, you know? It's just the way it is. It's just consumption. So I can't change what the public want to listen to. Mm. I probably have to change the music that I make in order to make more money, you know? Well, that's that in itself is a, a minefield of a conversation. Yeah. Because that is that goes down many holes. Yeah. The argument with the radio is, you know, if you listen to daytime radio now and you listen to what's on there mm-hmm. and you consistently listen to it every day, right? The music they play the same music <clears throat> over and over again. And it's almost like this could be a very wild theory, but it's almost like it's just conditioning or something it's just the listener is just almost programmed to enjoy this type of music because it's what's being played and the playlists are programmed as well they're just programmed in there isn't somebody behind the desk going okay i think i'm gonna now i know there are a few people that probably do still do things like that um but mostly it's people that just you know program a playlist and then you just press play and you know that's kind of it do does mainstream radio need to be brave and break the cycle 
or is that just wishful thinking? Yeah, of course. I mean, of course, maybe if people were um, were exposed to different types of music, mm-hmm. maybe they would go, what the hell is that? That's a load of shite. Or they might go, oh, that's strange. I quite like that. I wonder who that is, you know. Mm. Um, and I think uh, a lot of radio stations play it safe. Um, but I don't, you know, like you know, online radio stations now are really popular and stations like uh, NTS and all these things and where it's all kind of experimental left field music and they have really huge support and a lot of listeners. Mm. So I I wonder why sometimes daytime, I mean, daytime radio just has a formula and they have to stick to it. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of one of those things (laughs) where you could just, you could talk about it for days and go back and forward on what would work and what wouldn't and, and different things. I mean, obviously there is something to be said for, you know, the same band, same five bands, making you know hundreds and hundreds and thousands of royalties mm. um when in the daytime uh all the same type of bands mm. you know and it does kind of feel like those bands kind of own them the you know they own the ground yeah they own the markets they own the market yeah um not saying it in like a, that's not fair what about me because you know those bands work really hard mm. to make that kind of music you know it's really hard work to do that um, but I suppose it would be it would it would be nice to see a fairer mm. more just playing field um, we need to protect our artists as well and we mm. need to well, we need to support them you yeah. know uh, without us like I mean or you don't have to go to the, without music what would life be I mean you know, everyone knows how miserable life mm. would be without music and the arts and culture and you know, especially our heritage as Irish people, we there was, you know, back in the days singing around the campfire. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now that is to say, there are amazing shows that are on, like like lyric. You know, like a like John Kelly's show, Donald Deneen. Don't know why he ever, why, why that show ever got dropped. Really missed that show. What show was it? Uh, Small Hours. Ah, fantastic. Um, haven't you two like set up their own radio station? And hasn't John Kelly gone to that radio station? Have they, Shane? Well, if Shane hasn't heard yeah. it, it's not true, Kate. <laughs> Maybe it's just a rumor. That would be unreal. Yeah. Live from the Clarence, <laughs> it's Bono and Katie Kim. Katie, tell me. <laughs> Is that a fantastic? Uh, 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 Impression. Yeah. Um, anyway, there are there are some really really good shows on the radio station, but they all seem to be very very late at night. You know, you have to kind of stay up to listen to them. I hear you. I hear you. What would you say has been, from a, a commercial standpoint, your peak in your career? W- what has been like the most successful? You know, oh where does it come God. from? Is it like, in, is it when you get included in? Do you mean financially, or do you mean? <clears throat> no, maybe maybe something that kind of put you on the map. Like, it's not going to be, I mean, it's always just going to be, I mean, probably starting was when I toured the most, when I first, when I released radio mm. and Donald started playing it um, and he played it a lot and uh, it got good reviews. The album 12 got good reviews. Um, and so we started, kind of formed a little band and then just started touring a lot. Mm. Um, but you are so highly respected amongst these really respected groups of you are I know you won't want to say it and you're too humble 
but you are you're massively massively respected um well thanks for saying that no but problem. i don't know i think uh like it was like i did get to meet i i had so much fun like i was living in waterford when 12 came out and i remember moving to dublin shortly after that and it was a really exciting time in dublin and there was amazing people making music um uh, I remember um, I was working with David Kidd at the time and then Patrick Kelleher just put out his album as well. Oh, great guy. Um, and there was just, the joinery was still open in Stony Batter and it was all just really DIY, you know, you know, fuck venues, we can make our own yeah. spaces and it was really exciting and it was loads of fun. And then, you know, uh, rents just got really high and that all died and it kind of died out. But it was, I think that was probably the most fun that I had and it was... I still had a big lust for music at the time, mm. which kind of diminished kind of along with the scene that kind of diminished because of the like um, the higher rents and those venues being shut down, you know. That's a shame. Yeah, that's very. Well, not venues, but those small spaces that we used a lot mm. um, that were kind of shut down. But, you know, that's. Yeah, it was a sad, it was a great time, but you know, the, the good times can't last forever, you know. Why was that time mm -hmm. so fun for you? Like, what was going on? Was it that there was this kind of hope maybe of what was to come or that it was no, exciting I mean, and I new? I was living or... in Waterford and I had like my friend group in Waterford, but it was all I'd really known down there. Um, and so it was really lovely to come up to Dublin and meet different musicians who made music completely unlike mine and different types of music and some wild, mad, crazy music and some mm. beautiful, really experimental, just really interesting stuff. Everybody was doing something really interesting and it didn't have to be shiny or professional or it was just loads of fun. Mm. And everyone was really nice to each other and really supportive. Mm. And everyone just really wanted every wanted to give everybody a leg up. Um and Did it, you kind of f uh, find yourself a little found? A little what? Found. Did oh. you find yourself a little bit or see yourself in that group? Uh, yeah, like I was happy to be part of it. I was happy to go back to house parties after it and talk mm. to people about gear and not not <laughs> heroin. <laughs> Musical gear. <laughs> like synthesizers and things. <laughs> uh, and, My uh, favourite type of gear. <laughs> No one will get me started. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just a fun time. It was just really cool to meet people. And, you know, somebody would introduce you to somebody else and they go, oh, he does this. And then you'd listen to his music and you go, wow, that's really cool. And they, you know, it was just really fun time. Mm. Uh, so I'm glad I was there for it, you know, and I'm yeah. glad I got to do it. Yeah. How has, how have you developed in terms of creativity over the years? So, um... So I think I was fairly music. I, I think I I had been fairly musically dead inside. This is gonna be a really uplifting podcast. Love it for, <laughs> for probably the last like seven years, six years. Why do you say that? Just I was I felt like I was kind of making music because for the sake of making music, and mm. I I wasn't particularly excited by it, and I wasn't particularly excited by what I was making. Um, but everyone, please go out and still buy the albums because I <laughs> put lots of work into them. <laughs> I can get them all on Bandcamp. <laughs> um, but uh, I have to say, 
that's a fucking really weird thing to say, man. But like COVID has like reignited my love of music. Now tell me why that is. I don't know. Is it because there's a risk that it's it could be taken away from you in in some kind of weird way? Do you or know that what somebody said to me one day? Somebody said, I think it's because person like I'm I'm not crazy about playing live. Yeah. Uh, I love recording stuff in a studio and like messing around and having fun in this like recording at home. I love doing that or with a friend in a studio or something Mm. Um, or coming up with ideas. Um, But I'm not I'm not um, very audience comfortable. But once I'm there and I'm doing it, I get into it and Mm. I, you know, I enjoy it or whatever. And I'm working on um, a better live uh, show. But uh, I think the pressure of not having gigs going on, I think was just really nice, you know? Yeah, like a reset almost. It's like you don't have to worry about any gigs coming up. You don't have to practice for any gigs coming up. You can just sit and Mm. have fun and experiment and make something if you want to without the... I don't know if that's the reason though, but also because I didn't have any work to go to. Yeah. I was in New... I went to New York, obviously. Of course, I had to work hard in New York, but I think maybe just the complete change of scenery. Coming back after New York, I had to quarantine in a family home on my own, uh, a member of my family's home that he doesn't live in the country, um, out in Faith Lake in Waterford for like two months. And I just found that I... Because I listened to podcasts a lot. Mm. And I was like, why aren't I listening to music? Like, I never listened to music. You yeah. Know? Um, so I found myself enjoying going for walks and listening to music again. And then I just enjoyed coming back to the house and just like playing around with things. And was that w- w- what kind of music? What were you listening to? What, what kind of reignited that little flame? So I was listening to a lot of NTS radio because they have a lot of guest um, DJs there which okay. and they always have a lot of uh, different playlists. Um, also, uh, I know I'm going to say Spotify, but because I know Spotify is like the devil. <laughs> but honestly, for me, it really recommended me some crazy wild it's, out there. Like it's, it's good. It's really great for recommending me, um, recommending stuff to me that I had never heard before. Um, so, you know, I'd find someone like this, like, uh, kind of avant-garde cello girl called Lucinda Chow. And then I, they would say, oh, if you like Lucinda Chow, then you like this and this and this and this. Mm. And I'm like, fuck, I never, this is amazing. I've never heard this music before. <laughs> so I've discovered loads of music yeah. through recommended albums. Um, am I allowed to talk about other podcasts? On this? Of course oh, you can. Sure. You can talk about what you want. Donald Dean has this podcast as well where he um, kind of talks. There was a, a specific, specific episode that he um, did about were about the singer and the voice and mm. the history of the voice. And, you know, it began from like tribal voices to wow. bluegrass to, you know, the Alan Lomax recordings and stuff. And that really just got me excited. Just listening to the history of it again got me excited and mm. stuff, I think, you know. Yeah. What equipment did you have with you in the house? What were you recording on? All I had left was my keyboard, my Nord keyboard, because I, so, <sighs> I sold everything before I left. Man, all those, Dope. all those other equipments that you had the best of equipment. So like nice little keyboards <clears throat> and organs and pedals and guitars and everything. But is that sort of like a little purge? Now, <laughs> yeah, a purge, but also <laughs> now you get to look forward to 
you know, stocking back up the equipment. Yeah, yeah you exactly. get to like look out for good deals. Anyone yeah. got a flinch slither on the go, please contact. <laughs> and, for free. For free, yeah. <laughs> throw, your, throw your free shit over this way. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, but yeah, I like it again. Music is great again. But when you were, when you were saying, um, for someone that's listening that is, that doesn't understand the kind of creative process of, we'll say, a musician or what happens when you write or you record... And someone will probably hear you talk about like, you know, having that couple of years where you're like, I didn't have that thing about writing music or f- feel that sort of flame for it. And they'll go, how the hell did she put together such beautiful music and not and now look back at that time? Like it, you, you've always it's just I remember saying this to you years ago, especially when we lived together, that when you were in your room, you would loop a vocal and it would loop and loop. And I would just hear you like layering this looping vocal. Um, within 12 minutes, it would just be the most incredible sounding looping of vocals. That Well, a looper is a bit of a cheater because the looper is loads of fun and you can, you know, you can Kate, manipulate. just take the compliment, <laughs> okay, please. Thanks. Thank you. It was just, abs- <laughs> you. It, it literally was like whatever you put your hand to, it would just be incredible. When you picked up an acoustic guitar, it was just like the most incredible. It's just you have this energy when you do music or when you pick up a guitar and you it's it's I can't explain it. It's just like you look at you doing it and you, you just know that you were put here to do it. Thank you, Lydia. That's really lovely. I'm going to cry. Sweet for you to say. Thank you. But you're, but you're biased, though. You're I'm not biased, biased at all. I'm not but thank biased. You. No, Grace no, 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 no. Lives on. <laughs> I actually wanted to try and remember the lyrics. I was going to make Shane, if we could just take a moment, please. One, two. Grace lives on. That was the most beautiful fucking thing I ever heard. Anyway. <laughs> so let's talk about obviously you know you're talking about the Donald and Neans, the <clears throat> all these guys that have really done some incredible things in terms of music and in this this country and you know the culture that's gone with it and I know obviously Donald's probably someone that's massively inspired you over the years but has there been others do you mean musicians yeah um, God, yeah, like I think people, people, to be honest, I'm kind of very inspired by people that I am friends with that make music. Why is that? I think because, I don't know, I think because when you're listening, I don't know, because you know them and you know them and you say, wow, that's amazing that, that you're able to, I don't know why it is, maybe it's because it's closer to home, but I'm just really proud of the music that they make, you know? mm like, you know, like Maria Somerville, Maya Sophia, um, uh, like Paddy Kelleher and um, like Rady and Lancome and all those guys. And I just... Lancome, wow. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just think that they make amazing music and I love going home and sticking on mate's music and going, you're fucking brilliant. Well, you wait, wait, have you, because you, you talk about obviously the, the performing element of it. Uh, and it's not, you know, you've said before in the past that it's, it's not your favourite. It's not your favourite thing no, to I'm do. No, I'm talking about the music that they make. 
like that would inspire they that would in, inspire me because you're surrounded by people that are creating you know what I mean but here's the thing I'm going to ask you when you look at creating with people as opposed to being on stage performing mm. is there a difference you know like uh, do you have with the performing thing is there almost like an element of stage fright or do you just not like what is it about the performing and not not liking to be to... in front of people but feeling comfortable to be around your peers and to record music with them and because for me I when when I used to I used to be in a really successful rock and roll band, guys. You were in a successful uh, rock and roll band. But you were. My I I used to find that on stage bit the, the that was my, that was where I got off. Yeah. But it was the vulnerability of writing and recording that's where I had the hardest time with. It, I found it very you vulnerable. Weren't very confident, yeah. Exactly. But Confidence like, keyword there. You're But I just think you're like a natural performer. Yes. You know? Yeah. I think you're good at that. I think you're good taking the stage and I think you're good at working the people. Like, you're really good at that. So is it confidence for you then being on stage? Um, Maybe. Maybe it might be, I suppose. I mean, I I think... Like, is there an element of... I music, mean, if you, Okay, so the music I make is very minimal, mostly. And I, yeah. because I'm a solo performer I have to play on my own a lot yeah so I have to kind of rely on um not a lot of instruments you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so I have to rely on maybe a sampler and a looper and a keyboard maybe Mm -hmm. a guitar something like that and I think maybe it is a confidence thing because sometimes I think oh god this is just like really boring (laughs) this is like not this is not engaging people at all because you know I'm just kind of doing this piano thing but like that's a confidence thing I suppose, which is why I've kind of I've tried to incorporate projections and visuals now so that you're not just sitting there looking at a girl sitting at a keyboard playing some songs, you know, maybe putting a What's few... wrong with that? I don't know. I think the people want more. But do you not, if, if when you sell out a gig and all those people have paid to come see you play, do you not get like a confidence going, well... I kind of can't do any wrong here because no, it's weird. I feel guilty. I feel guilty that they paid all that money for the ticket, and all I'm giving them is good piano songs. Oh <laughs> my god! I think we've hit. Can we get a therapist in here now? <laughs> Bloody hell, Kate! No, but that's why I love recording and stuff, and because I've nobody to please, I'm just pleasing myself. You know. You're... Oh, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> literally in the studio <laughs> sorry my big horrible laugh bloody hell um but is there almost like a freedom in that you know you're free there's no judgment in the you're, studio yeah when you're yeah. recording yourself yeah, yeah yeah i find it even really difficult to to yeah i mean people have said to me in the past you know let's work together i think we'd be really good like writing together and it's just the most terrifying idea ever for me why is that because I just don't feel, I don't feel like person, in my case, I don't feel like I could come up with my best work <laughs> um, in front of somebody. Yeah. I feel a lot more comfortable working alone, way more comfortable working alone. Do you have a process when you are working alone? Like, do you have to, is there some kind of like 
ritual or meditative kind of no, state always... that you need to get into before you can write or record? No, I just think I just have to be in the mood. And I think, um, I mean, I've tried to do, I know that, you know, Nick Cave says that he wakes up in the at dawn, goes to his office, mm. works until five in the evening, leaves the office and spends the rest of his time with his family. And that's what he does because it's his job. Yeah. And he treats it like a job. Uh, and I think like that would be I used to have this really kind of immature view on, you know, on like creating when I was younger, mm. you know, like, oh, if you're depressed and if you're sad and if you've got a, like slight alcohol problem and if you're <laughs> fucking, that's that's your true artist. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. feeling the pain and <laughs> you know it's, the idea of Nick Cave doing that to me back then, I would have been like, oh, that's disgusting, you know. Yeah. Then when you get older, you're like, oh, shut up, like that's ridiculous. You know, it is what it is. Like yeah. different people make, you know, you know, you do it whatever way. Actually, I find now. Uh, if I go anywhere near alcohol and I try and make any music, it just doesn't happen for me. Really? Yeah, no, no. It's a, it's a, it's a killer for me now. Even for ideas, to get ideas down. Not really, no. I Sometimes I do it and I go back the next day and I listen and I'm like, oh, that was fucking awful. Sounded great last <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, I thought I, thought I was fucking... <laughs> Joanna Newsom last night, that was awful. Uh, but when you write, do you... Um, like, how does it work for you? Do you write lyrics and then you put a melody to no, it? or music you... first. Yeah. Music first, and then you kind of just sing gobbledygook over it, and then, and then the the gobbledygook turns into Dude, words. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so interesting. And um, do you have a an instrument of preference that you like to kind of start out on? At the moment, it's just my piano and the Nord keyboard that I have. It has a few different settings, and it's um, it's great for kind of moody atmospherics if you want kind of synthesizer sounds or. But it's also just great just for the piano, you know, yeah. just to, yeah, I I have to try and reacquaint myself with the guitar again. It's been a while. It's been a long time. <sighs> Your little guitar. Um, but it like, it's funny, you know, it's funny how it happens because sometimes you'd look back on the, on the stuff that you'd written maybe like a few weeks later or a few months or a few years later, even you look back and you go, well, it's very like, uh, kind of um, self-diagnosing. Yeah, it is when you look back on it. Is that scary to to potentially write music that is a little self-diagnosing or a little bit of, a, you know, a, a window or an an, uh, an insight into what's going on with no. you? No, it's actually kind of it's kind of good because ugh, I'm, I've never been the kind of person that can kind of sit down and go, oh, I had a really bad day today and I broke up with my boyfriend. It was a really sad day. I kind of can't write like literally what is happening in my life on that day or at the, at the moment, you know? Yeah. Um, but, kind of, but do you process a lot of what goes on in your life through your music? No, I just think the act of playing music is like a therapy in itself. The wow. act of doing it is, you know, if you're feeling a bit shit, uh, you know, two hours later after you do that, you kind of go, OK, that was good. And I don't know, maybe it's just because you feel like you've been productive and productivity makes you feel a bit mm. better, maybe. I don't know. Do you believe in life purpose? A life purpose? Mm. Do you mean do you do you feel like you were put here to do music? No. Really? No. Would you would you would you do you think that people are here for a particular reason or that it is their duty to find a then purpose? Then you're believing but then you're believing in fate. So you believe in fate. 
Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't know if we're that important. Fucking, <laughs> I'm important. <laughs> I'm really important. No, I think it's important. I'm impo- here on a mission. <laughs> I think it's You're in- part of the mission. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to think that you're important, you know? I, I said the other night on an Instagram q and I'll have you know, somebody asked me one of my favorite quotes and I said, to always remember that you are as important as you are, no, to always, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it really hit home. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, I said, it is, uh, <laughs> um, it is, uh, always remember that as much as you are important, you are equally as unimportant. Yeah. I will believe that yeah. will be my sentiments. Yeah. But although I have to say, I don't know why. So at the same time, I feel like we are, we could be like micro germs on someone's shoe and they're just walking in a street and we could just be this tiny little microcosm of a thing. Or on my on the other hand, it's starting to be there's an afterlife. Would, well, let's talk about, uh, <laughs> I don't know why. Let's talk about, you know, what is your, like... Philosophy on the meaning of life or whatever. Yeah, like, you know, is there... Do do you have some kind of spiritual connotations? No. I I think that it... I think that there is beauty in everything. Mm -hmm. And I can see the beauty in everything. And I think... Does this, God, this is after going from one subject straight is, on to another. This is why it's so good. But, but like, the, I, I, I think that like when I, when I, especially when I was out living on my own for two months out in the yeah. country, and I used to go for a walk in this in these woods called Deer Park, kind of the Manon, um, and I was just so completely stunned that this had always just been down the road for me, and I'd never gone to it, and it was just a magical, a magical place. Mm. And you know, I'd go there with my uncle's dog that I would take every day for a walk, and I just kind of just stood there and it's like this is fucking beautiful like this yeah. is really beautiful this is really inspiring and like sometimes I'd be close to tears because like you know you'd turn a corner and there'd just be a vast huge bluebell field or something you know mm-hmm. just be amazing so I mean I just I suppose spirituality I don't know I mean I you know I just see that there is beauty in things but I who are we none of us know what none of us know what it is so all that I can exactly. do is appreciate yes yeah. but the the um and absolutely i would agree with you 100 percent on the sentiment of we don't know none of us know anything so really all, uh, beliefs are beliefs beliefs they're mm. to the person you know what i mean but when you look at this you know nature and and the the park and everything that you just described there and you feel that and you see that beauty and it resonates with you would that not make you question, why does it make me feel like this? Like, what is it about that? Yeah, but I used to drive myself, why does it make me feel like that? Yeah, why do you think that you get that, wow, look how beautiful this is? Why do you think that we feel that it's beautiful? Yeah. Yeah, I know, but you could drive yourself mad. You could, you could, you could, you could. I remember sitting in a bedroom with Ashling Brown years ago, a friend of ours, years and years ago in her parents' bedroom and looking out the window and looking at the moon and going, look at the moon, like it's just there. (laughs) 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 We nearly started crying. We were so scared about how the moon was just there. (laughs) 
<laughs> I swear to God, we hadn't smoked anything or anything. We were just like, I don't understand how it's, it's, just, what, what, it's so alive. What is the meaning of all of this? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but no, I used to probably think about it a lot more when I was younger. And I used to get really scare myself about like what it was all for. But you know, just try and go with the flow these days. <laughs> <laughs> just appreciate the bluebells in the field. Yeah, the bluebells. Um, in terms of inspiration, like the inspiration to write, where would you, where would you get that from, or what what would be when do you have those moments it, it where you depends. go, oh, I'm going to have to sit down here and, and write? Or can you be a little bit more disciplined with it where you can just, like the Nick Cave thing, sit down and say, right, let's try and... I have to say, if I did it, I remember seeing this guy on YouTube. Nope, not on YouTube. Another site on, on the net. <laughs> <laughs> Porno uh, tube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Um, oh, God, what was his name? Um... Lambert, I think, is his name, but I think he he did he 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 promised himself that he was going to wake up every morning and just play a little thing every day on the piano. He was going to promise himself he was going to write something every day the minute he woke up. Wow. Um, and it was some advice that I'd heard um, from somebody else who said that like when they wake up in the morning they do not even go near their phone they just don't touch their mm. phone they wake up in the morning they don't even have a cup of tea their eyes are still all full of sleep and they sit down and they try and do something creative just first to start the day off. Wow. Um, and I tried to do it for a while. It's really hard to stick to that. Really, really hard, especially when you've got an alarm wake and you have to go to work. I suppose it's very difficult. Mm. Um, but uh, when I did kind of force myself sometimes to sit down every day, I'd listen back to all the voice memos that I would record and I'd be like, there's little things there every day that yeah. you, when you sit down and you make yourself do it, there's, it might all be great, but there's mm. a little something there every day that you do kind of get out of it. So, I have to keep reminding myself, just make the time, just do it and just sit down and do it mm. rather than having to wait for inspiration to hit, you know. Uh, but inspiration, like, it changes all the time. I listen If I listen to like something that's been recommended to me in Spotify, I go, oh, wow, it's amazing. Yeah. That's Deadly Sound or I might be inspired by that. At the moment, Mika Levi is like blowing my mind into a million pieces. I don't know who that is. Oh, she's um, a composer from London and she did like the Under the Skin soundtrack and the Jackie soundtrack. And she's also in a band called Mika Two and the Shapes. And she's worked with like Dean Blunt and Tears and stuff. Anyway, anyone who's listening should just check out everything that she does. So she's very inspiring to me at the moment. Um, But it changes. Yeah. Do you have a favorite piece of work that you've done? That I've done? Yeah. It's probably going to just be something new that I've done because I hate listening back to the old thing. I can't. Do you never listen back to old albums? Uh, I never, never. I think maybe I might like every now and again, like, like get pissed or something and have a little listen to one of the old songs, but it doesn't last. I can never listen to the full song. Mm. Just so sick to death of it. Because like when you're making an album, like you listen to those songs over and over and yeah. over and they don't even sound like songs anymore. They just sound like blueprints. Yeah. And they're just dead to me, you know. 
Maybe that's the problem with playing live, though. Because yeah. you just have to keep singing those fucking songs all the yeah. time. Yeah. Was it... Um, Excuse me, I'm sorry. Can I curse on this? <laughs> well, I hope you can, because you've been swearing your way through the whole bleeding hour. <laughs> no, I think it was Jack White of the White Stripes, who is, I think fans... Uh, this was probably at a time kind of pre-Instagram, pre-Twitter, where, you know, it was message boards. And I remember yeah, yeah. he played a gig once and loads of fans complained, like they were on the message board, saying that diehard fans were like, oh, I've been to see them 10 times this tour and every night. Uh, what's the really famous song? Seven Nation Army. Yeah, Seven Nation Army. Every time I... I go to see Seven Nation Army sounds different every single time I've seen them bastards they were complaining and he had put out a thing being like you know if you want to hear it like it's on the record fucking stay home and listen to the record yeah. you know this is live music this is the beauty of live music yeah like I don't uh, understand how the Rolling Stones can get up on stage after 50 years and sing fucking satisfied. I'm oh. sorry I've got a horrible <laughs> mouth on me today I'm sorry do you know what it is it's because it's you I just feel like <laughs> I don't. I don't feel like I'm talking. <laughs> anyway, it's okay. We'll bleep it out. I don't know how they can sing satisfaction every night. Like I just yeah. don't understand it. Oh God, can you imagine? No. If somebody said to you, well, I suppose if I was getting paid like a million a gig or something. Well, I'm I was. Sure. This is my question. If somebody <laughs> said, you know, like in the morning you could have this career where you would kind of like Bob Dylan he's selling his soul you know that whole thing where he's mm. like I sold my soul and I, I have no choice but to do this that sounded very like Bob Dylan did it Lance yeah. can we can we cut that and put it as a promo for the next uh, podcast please yeah. <laughs> I sold my soul I sold my soul to the devil on a paved road <laughs> But I remember hearing him tell that story years ago and it sent a chill up my spine. I was like, I was so naive. Did I he was say like, that? what he said that he just did it for the money. <clears throat> Somebody, I can't, I'm paraphrasing now, but uh, someone, ha, a, a journalist had asked him why he continues to just tour. Like, you know, surely you've made enough Non-stop. money, Bob, and you've made enough records. You can just. Workaholic. And he said, I, I sold my soul to the devil at a crossroads one day. Chilling, I swear you can, you can get that is Shane. See if you can get it on a uh, uh, on YouTube. There, a thing of him cool. talking about it. But what is the black uh, um, guitar? No, the black man who oh, has sorry, the, who, the Bob Dylan. Yeah. Type into YouTube Bob Dylan uh, selling his soul. Going <laughs> <laughs> down the rabbit hole now. Who was the guy? The really famous the Lead uh, Belly. Not Lead Belly. He the guitar. It's a really famous picture of him on the cover. Blind Willie uh, Johnson. He's got the long nails. So what did you who did you say there? Not Blind Willie Johnson. Blind Willie Johnson. You're still out here doing these songs. You know, you're still on yes, tour. Yes. I do, but I don't take it for granted. Why do you still do it? Why are you still out here? Well, it goes back to the destiny thing. I mean, I made a tough bargain with it, you know, a long time ago, and I'm holding up my hand what was your bargain to get where um i am now should i ask who you made the bargain with (laughs) with 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 with, with, you know with the chief uh chief commander on this earth (laughs) and this earth and then uh and then in a world we can't see bob dylan has been chilling absolutely terrified how scary is that jesus bob you could have just said you love the torrent yeah (laughs) 
Just like torn. She says, I love seeing me fans. Where did he play down in, not Croke Park, he played somewhere down in Kilkenny, didn't he? I've, yeah, I've seen it, I've seen that. Did you go to the show, were, mm-hmm. you, were you impressed? Uh, no, I wasn't. No, we left after, I think after about 50 minutes. Is it better for those kind of iconic people who you have this like, just... It was lovely of... to see him in the flesh though. It was lovely to see Bob Dylan standing on stage and go, oh, that's Bob Dylan. Yeah. That's really wild. Yeah. But uh, no, nothing was recognisable. It all sounded like one song. I just, it, he, it sounds like he's really bored. Yeah, he probably is. And his voice just sounds so tired. He just sounds like he's really tired. Like his voice just sounds really hoarse. Like, and he's really tired. But, you know, he's like one of my, you know, favourite artists of all time. Really? Though. Yeah, yeah. Are, are there artists that have Listen to shaped you? Like really inspired you? Those people who you, you grew up and were like, I need to do this. Right, Carrie. Oh, when I was gone, I was, I was literally going to think and hit it. All I want for Christmas. The Christmas one. She goes for the Christmas song out of all the songs. Could have gone for Hero. When a hero comes. <laughs> Katie is actually the biggest. No, I was the biggest. Not anymore. She isn't. She no. When when Mariah went post two thousands, she lost me. But I still appreciate her. What was it about Mariah Carey growing up? Genuine oh, question. What was know, it? I don't know. I don't know. Was it the vocal range? You don't pick your idols. Your idols pick you. <laughs> <laughs> Mariah picked me. Oh my God. I'm actually going to have to choke on a bottle of Fiji water here. Holy Moses. Terence Murphy, that was for you. <laughs> I went to school with Mariah Carey written on my knuckles and everything. Like I was a crazy fan. Katie. My, my mother was like, stop writing Mariah Carey on your knuckles. Your friends are going to think you're weird. I need to know what, what what it was about Mariah Carey. The moment I heard her voice and saw her beautiful tendril curls. I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like Mariah. Did you want She's a pony? Like, did you want a pony like the pony and butterfly? I wanted it. Is there a pony and butterfly? What's, there's, hor- there's horses. Yeah. Because she, she has horses That's on horse. her ranch. Well, the ranch that she had with Tommy Matola, you know, that that's over now. Uh, for an extra bonus point, can you name Mariah Carey's pet dog? Oh, you bastard. Does it begin with T? No. Okay, no, I can't remember then. But it is a terrier. I know he's a little, she actually, yeah, I know. I think, that's, uh, I think that's been the same terrier that she's had. No. Well, the very first one, the very first one. I can't remember. Oh. And I've seen it in two documentaries as well. You don't want me to tell you? Yeah. Jack. Jack. Yeah. Shit. Maybe I'm the, <laughs> the Mariah Carey fan. No. Spice Girls. <laughs> Spice Girls is for me. <laughs> tell me, do you do you miss playing the music at all? <clears throat> do you miss being in a band? Do I miss being in my band? No. Your band. Mm, well, oh my God, there, there, there lies the issue. I just said my band. <laughs> They'll all be listening to this now going, no, she hasn't fucking changed at all over the last beaten decades. Um, do you miss being in a band? Do you miss like play? Do you miss yeah. performing on stage? Yeah, I actually, um, I done a thing we we're talking about. It's quite Derek Cullen. We done yeah. like a hike thing. He, he does these like filmed episodes of hiking with, with people and it's like a big long chat about their life and stuff. But I done with them last weekend. He asked me that question. And when I, I still do the, 
like put on my headphones. <laughs> Fuck it, I don't care. Judge me. I still do the thing where I put on my headphones and I have a, a can of deodorant. Oh, Liz. And I dance around my room. I love that. Pretending that... Um, Pretending that I'm in a band. I still do it. And it's, I actually, I get like, I do dance moves. Like I have Beyonce on and I'm actually doing a dance move. Well, now in fairness, <laughs> I think everybody does that at home. Everybody has to do I'm, that. I'm glad to hear it because. I think quarantine brought it out in a lot of people, especially. Just. People I, lost the shame. Do you know what? And sometimes I put on, this is, this is really, this is actually inside my brain now. So I hope everyone is really delighted with this. But um, Robbie Williams, live from Nebworth. I sometimes put on angels and because it's live and he's like, Nebworth, are you with me? Robbie Williams. Yeah. Are you I'm still listening to Robbie Williams? I love Robbie Williams. That bleeding first album I see wrote, co-wrote with Guy is a was it Guy O'Siri? Was that your mom's name? Guy, was Guy, something... Guy Chambers, is that what it is? Guy Chambers, that's what we were, what in the, you know, uh, she's the one. Oh, what a, what a song, right? Boys, we'll tell the story. Well, this is a great story for the listener. When me and Katie lived together, right, we lived in this fantastic house in Marino. And one day I was there and um, we, how big is that telly, Shane? This is a 55 inch TV that we have in this uh, studio. My boyfriend at the time was after getting a 50, it was about a 50 or 60 inch TV from his aunt, right? And he was delighted. He'd hooked it up to like the PlayStation so we could watch all stuff on it and blah, blah. And one day I was in Air House. We would have all been there, but I was dancing to, I was was Kylie Minogue Mm -hmm. in Robbie Williams' Kids Mm -hmm. and Kylie Minogue. And I was doing the dance with the bottle of deodorant. And then I threw the deodorant and it hit the screen and it got, you know, like the shatter, but it's, it's not broken. It's just the screen is like all the colors on it and stuff. Yeah, I swore I'd never listen to Robbie Williams again after that day, but I, I can't go past it. <laughs> that, that's, that's where that was. The trauma of that. <laughs> the trauma of that. But, um, yeah, Mariah Carey. Do Mariah. you listen to Do you listen to music? Do you listen to new music? Like, yeah, I do. Yeah, I listen. To, I, I will be. What a, do you like listening to at the moment? I'll tell you now. Do you know what? Do you know what actually is my big vibe at the moment? What? Solfeggio, solfeggio frequencies. I've, I'm not familiar with them. If I play on my phone from in here, will the pick up? Just play it into the mic. The absolute magic of modern day radio, huh? <laughs> Microphone. Um, <laughs> modern. So it's it's <laughs> modern. Modern microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Real modern over here, up in Dublin, up in the big smoke. <laughs> Um, so it's a bunch of frequencies, right? Yeah. So you know the way that we are all, uh, it's all to do energies yes. and we're frequencies and blah, blah, And the universe has its own frequency. Absolutely, yeah. me babes. Um, <clears throat> uh, so this is uh, a frequency that um, heal the heart chakra. see where I'm going with this yeah so I actually listen <clears throat> to uh, an, a playlist while I'm going to sleep so that's my my nightly playlist I listen to all my frequencies 
But okay. on my on my what am I listening to? Um, well, it's not really new music, but it's a new playlist that I made. So what have I got on here? The Black Rider. Can you remember the Black Rider? We toured with them years yes. ago. Yeah, uh, it was Amy and Scott from the Morning After Girls. That was their band. Okay. Um, Brian Jonestown Massacre, Alt J, Noel Gallagher, Spiritualized, War on Drugs, Deer Hunter. Okay, yeah. London Grammar. That that's my vibe. Yeah. You see yeah. where I am. I'm yeah. at. Yeah. Um, but new music, like I wouldn't be on the pulse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. Um, it's hard without. Like I used to, I used to get magazines. I'm old man, my day. Get magazine. You'll find out what band was coming to town doing the magazines. Uh, like, I, like I did. I used to get magazines and I used to read the reviews in the back of the review section. I'd be like, oh, cool, that sounds like it's going to be really good. And I get them. It's difficult. What, just... what kind of magazines were they? Like, uh... I just don't buy them anymore. Um, Ireland had some. Really good. There was a Mongrel magazine. Oh, I remember remember Mongrel? Yeah, that was deadly. That was really, really good. There was State magazine. There was Foggy Notions magazine. Wasn't State where Nyler Nine originated? Was it? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he... Was it? Do you remember that? Yeah. Him and John, the the English dude. Can't remember his name. I think there was like Mm -hmm. an English dude on Nyler Nine done State. But but with... I know obviously we're talking about um, like music magazines and stuff, but with books, was... Uh, literature come into a little bit of an inspiration for you would you be a big book person yes I used to be I used to read a lot whole lot more than I read now um, and I don't know when that changed I think it changed maybe about about two years ago um, but yeah of course because books are visual like you know yeah. so yeah but you're, would... you're a big um, movie buff as well you've always loved movies I like films what are some of your favourite films? I know, Lydia. Ah, come on, you have to go come there. You on. have to. That's you have a, to. Such a, that's a mad question. Can't, I love loads and loads and loads of films. I can't tell you my Okay, 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 okay. It's hard, it's hard. That's like saying, what's your favourite song ever? Well, why is your favourite song ever? I just feel, I'm just really embarrassed now that the artist has like snubbed at my really good question about the movies. <laughs> No, I have to that say though, my book closing. A, a big, a big inspiration would definitely be um, soundtracks, de- most definitely. Mm. And I, um, and I mean that that would, as far as making being an artist sustainable for me, I would love to be able in the future to uh, to compose. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, scores or or get into that area of composing for film or TV because I find it really interesting and uh, and yeah I just love that area of how does it make the you industry. feel knowing that there will be not necessarily a younger generation but a uh, a generation of people who are inspired by you and you ins- <laughs> don't laugh you are unbelievable. It's the truth. It's I the truth. It's uncomfortable. I know, we, need to, we, need to ex- we need to explore if your own mate cannot tell you like that you inspire people. Thanks. 
what, what was the question? How, how does it make you feel? I mean, I think we have an idea of how it makes you feel, <laughs> but... How does it make me feel to know that I'm inspiring a new upcoming generation? That people would listen to your music and be inspired. No, okay. Serious, in all seriousness, I think it's uh, lovely if if people and every now and again, you know, you do get the odd like the odd message and stuff through um, different mediums, but of people saying just you know listen to this today, and I haven't heard your music before, and it's really cool that people are still finding Twelve, which was made ten years ago, or. Mm is still discovering that like that's you know that's really nice to know that it's still out there in the world mm. and just because all the vinyl are gone you know it's not it hasn't disappeared into the ether it's limited edition now <sighs> yeah yeah what are you most proud of album in uh, my life in in your life <clears throat> if you were to look back at pride-filled moments what am i most proud of mm. Um, I'm proud of my friends. You're such a sweetie. Can't use that one though. Pick another. (laughs) (laughs) What am I most proud of in my life? Yeah. I'm proud that I'm able to make some kind of um, a living from music. I'm Mm -hmm. proud that I didn't, I'm proud of myself that I didn't give up on it when I realized that I, you know, it wasn't going to make me, wasn't going to make my bank balance huge Mm. or anything, but um, I'm proud that I stuck with it and I'm, and I'm happy that I'm able to attempt to create music um, and put it out with all the other music that's being made. Mm. I'm happy that I can do that. If you had the opportunity to change anything, would you? Do you mean regrets? I don't like to use the word regret. Change anything right now. Mm, or looking back on your life, maybe a course of direction. Or do um, you believe that everything yeah. happened happened for the reason or that it steered you onto the course that you're on now? I mean, most definitely, maybe if I had a, a daughter or a son who were pursuing music, um, maybe I might say to them, you know, just go all all in mm. you know do you wish someone had said that to you but you see my parents were very supportive mm. you know they're still really supportive um so i knew anyway that mm. i should be doing it i think my confidence wasn't fantastic so i just don't think that i gave myself um i don't know this generation i think like this generation coming up now right behind me um like People in their early 20s and late teens and early Mm. teens, you know, there's so much more. I know social media puts huge pressure on people as well, Mm. but there is so much more um, emphasis on self-confidence and your friends building you up and support um, in real life. I know social media is a horrible place, but but um, I've just met so many and my nieces have friends that um, it's just all about saying, no, what are you talking about? You look beautiful today. Don't be ridiculous. Don't say you don't look nice today. Mm. You know? So I think, not that my friends said, it's fucking horrible today. God, what's wrong with you? <laughs> we don't um, say it anymore to her. We used to, but not anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think be confident in, uh, I think I would have been more confident in myself if I could have changed anything. Mm. Yeah. But do you think 
that sort of um, almost like a maybe lack of confidence, that sort of um, coy, almost shyness that you possess in this sort of context. Do you think that that has lent itself to creating Katie Kim? Um, you know, would 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 your music work if you were like, you know, me? I couldn't I couldn't do your music because I'm too bloody out there. You know, I'm too bubbly. I'm too you you the when you listen to your album, you get this sense of you of who you are, and it's a true representation of you in a way no I don't agree I don't agree with that because I feel like more confidence doesn't mean you're just you make different music I think you just have more confidence to be more adventurous and I think Mm. you have more confidence to um um to believe in yourself to Mm. learn new more learn more instruments uh go the extra mile for live shows do like do do more do more and not not be so bound by um like fear yeah, you know, and judgment of people. Mm. So, I mean, as I get older now, it's getting, you know, it is starting to get a, a lot less. And I'm realizing that once I uh, leave all, try and leave all that stuff at the door, that it becomes a lot more enjoyable, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's a bit of a more of a question, but if if you were to leave the earth yeah. tomorrow, yeah, how would you like to be remembered? These are hard, man. These are hard questions. How would I like to be remembered mm. as like a general all around decent and kind of nice person? Mm. That's all. That'll be enough for me. Oh, yeah. She was she was kind of sound. She was all right. She's OK. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> well, I can confirm. We will say that. OK, before we will I, say that when you're dead, when you're dead <laughs> over point to Guinness. She's all right, lads. Wasn't she? In fairness, though, she was all right. Thanks, I'll uh, say that about you when you're dead as well. Thanks very much. OK, just say she, she was all right. She's done a great podcast. Really great podcast. Yeah, fair play to her. Um, before I let you go, yeah, quickest air of your life. I know you enjoyed that immensely. I can see it in your face. Um, I did. I did enjoy it immensely. When uh, when I knew you were coming on today, I put on our socials that you were coming on and I always give our listeners an opportunity to ask some questions. Okay. So let's pick some questions. Did somebody actually ask a question? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this is the riveting part of the show. I actually just don't bother writing them down. I have to go strolling through my bloody phone. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So this is from Connor Finn. Mm-hmm. I have a lister. He listens every week. And he has said, um, he's asking about advice. And he said, um, You've got a wealth of experience behind you. What advice would you give to the up and coming generation that would like to follow in your footsteps? Well, I think I kind of covered it in what I was saying about the confidence thing, because I would. um, Of course, you have to take constructive criticism from people along the way. Mm. I'm not saying don't listen to anybody and just do your own thing. But at the same time, don't like make the music that you want to, to mm. make if if you want to go down a route of um you know if you want to make music to you know build a, a you know get a house for yourself get a mortgage then you know you need to work really hard and build towards that if you want to make music for you know different avenues of music that you can go down but always just listen to your gut and just mm. 
listen to yourself. Try not listen to everybody else because once people start giving you their opinions on your music, then, you know, you could just be trying to please everybody all the time. But I would say, listen to your gut. Give yourself a mm. pat on the back when you get something done. Now, keep learning, keep learning new things all the time. YouTube is amazing at the moment. I'm learning like how to, how to use Ableton too at the moment, just teaching myself how to do all this. Like it's just a, you can, mm-hmm. you can learn anything these days. It's great. Well, here's another question that'll tie in very nicely. And this is for, from uh, uh, Shalina Mason, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And she's asked, um, when you are recording demos or ideas, what do you use? I use Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. So Pro Tools is a recording software. It's very popular recording software. When I first started, I actually used a radio editing program called Cool Edit Pro. I remember you using Cool Edit. You actually tried to to, to get me to use yeah, it. Yeah, I thought you did use it. For no, I was using uh, Audacity. Yeah. <laughs> Don't laugh. Yeah. Okay, Jane. Big judger over there. Now, listen, Pro Tools is expensive, though. If you have a Mac, you just get GarageBand with, with every Mac anyway. Yeah. So you can use GarageBand and that's a free software. Um, but you can use you can use things like Audacity as well. You could, yeah. you know. Um... <laughs> I've only learned recently that it's called Audacity. I was called Audacity for like ten years. <laughs> like sipping points of Guinness with a load of arty farties. Like, uh, what do you use? Like, oh, I just use Audacity. Oh my god! Like, actually, get out. I'm sure as well though. If you uh, if you can't <laughs> afford Pro Tools, I do have to say though, it's a really great investment. Mm-hmm. You just need a sound card. You need a couple of USB leads and it sticks into your computer and then you can plug in, you know, a microphone into it. And it's really, really easy, great way of recording music. And you can also do a subscription through that. So you don't have to pay up front if you can't afford mm-hmm. it. You can do a subscription. Or I'd say if you Google like free recording software, you never know. It might lead mm-hmm. you to like a few um, a few options that I use. I've just been using Pro Tools for so long. I don't know what else is out there but I'm sure there must be mm-hmm. some kind of free software that you can download out there perfect and we'll take one more question and it is from um, Joanne Piggott and she has asked who in your opinion is the most underrated Irish artist and could you give me a couple of Irish artists that you're listening to that I should check out mm-hmm. underrated Good question underrated mm. well I mean I suppose everybody's like I'm a huge Maria Somerville fan I don't know who that is She's fantastic. She's from Connemara and she recently, I think maybe last year, brought out her first album, which I've been waiting for her to do for years and years. Um, So I would say Maria Somerville, Irish music, um, a band called Percolator. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm listening to a lot of Lancome. Um, Maya Sophia, of course, Junior Brother. I love Junior Brother. Um, he's fantastic. I'm going to think about so many people when I leave. No, yeah, you're like, shit, I should have said that person. Oh, they're going to be like, oh, she's. But Lankham are going to be delighted because you've actually mentioned them about 10 times on here. And it's not like they need <laughs> any more mentions. They're, they're doing grand. Yeah, but listen, how great are they? Like, yeah, bloody yeah. hell. Yeah. I um, have to admit, it's only, I've only, um, I've only recently uh, come on to know Lancome. So I'm sure people that like are like, we've known about them for years. Yeah. But um, and if you've never listened to Patrick Heller, please listen to Patrick Heller. Mm. Also, there's a, a band called The Altered Hours. And um, Elaine, that's in that band, she also has another band called Crevice. And Crevice are amazing uh, 
uh, kind of experimentally soundscapey stuff. But yeah, all those people, mm. they're great. And uh, yeah, I'm sure if you Spotify them, you'll be recommended a lot of other artists. <laughs> <laughs> Also, don't go go to Bandcamp and buy their albums, though, because people need support more than ever now. Yeah. Like, it's really, really sad that some of these people were had loads of gigs planned and they it's all over. Mm. So please, if you can, don't go to Spotify, please go to Bandcamp mm-hmm. and just buy something or download a digital album or help them because everybody needs help at the moment. In order of your releases, 12 was first. Mm-hmm. Help me out here, Kate. I have to think of myself. <laughs> 12 was first. 12 was first. Cover and Flood was second. Mm, great album. Then I also... Which album is Body Break on? Salt. Salt's my favourite. Yeah. Go on. There was also a, a, an album called Vaults Volume 1, which was an album of kind of um, uh, bits and pieces and demos and stuff as well that came between Cover and Flood and Salt. Then there was Salt Interventions, which was Salt reworked with the Crash Ensemble, which was a um, basically Salt played with a uh, with some with strings and oh. um, timpanis and all, cellos and all that kind of thing. And then I just released a, another Bandcamp album called Charles, um, and that is just an album of like uh, again kind of soundscapes and demos and field recordings. And then the new album should be coming out next year. Do we have a date? Is it? Yeah, it's kind of just leave me alone. It'll be out. It's, it's done. Out. It's done. It's finished. Amazing. Where so did you do it? I did it with Spud, John Spud Murphy. Oh, how is Spud? Spud is great. He's very busy. I haven't busy. seen him for a long time. He's very, very busy. Um, yeah, and it's done. It's been done for a while. So I just need to, I'm going to try and, try and get it out. Not independently this time. See how it goes. We're going to try and do, we're going to go, go worldwide, baby. Well, no, I'm going to try. I'm going to see. Try. And, and then if it doesn't work, we're going to go independent again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, we'll give it a spin in here, won't we? Ah, thanks, we'll lad. give it a nail spin for you. Thanks so much. Yeah, no, well, we'll buy an album off you. Ah, Does you do it on CD? <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to do it on CD. I'll do a few. I'll do 10 or 20. Lovely. Yeah, put us down for one. Grand. We'll have one, Shane. Put us down for two. We'll oh, have two. two. <laughs> ah, thanks so much. <laughs> And also, we didn't even talk about it throughout the podcast, but Choice Music Prize nomination. Incredible. I'm sure you've done loads of stuff up until and beyond that point. But that for me, that is like for mainstream recognition. In Ireland. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Mm. It's great. You didn't win it, though. So that's shit. No, <laughs> no. But the Russ and, Gan- Russ and Gano family won it. And they... Yeah, they actually, that was a, that's a great album. They're fantastic. I absolutely loved that I'm only buzzing with you, but <clears throat> did you even care? Are you even part, when you get no, up for awards? Were I you had, delighted? I had the best night uh, of my life that night. It was so much fun. I brought Terry backstage with me, and we just, you know, yeah, had drank, a ball, drank loads of beer, yeah, and uh, yeah, so clapped on the Rossangano family when they got their to their little acceptance award. And just, it was a brilliant. They were fab. Brilliant. Yeah, it was good. Well, let's hope many more of these nights come through for you. You deserve it. Thank you very much. You, you deserve everything you get to. Give over. You are my <laughs> most underrated artist. You are not one-tenth appreciated for how absolutely incredible that you are. Thank you, Lydia. You really are. You're the most... Thank you. If I could have been a third of a, the musician that you are, I would have been happy. I mean it. You are absolutely amazing. Shane, end this podcast. You before. were an amazing musician. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Shane. I was Madonna. <laughs>
<laughs> that was the eye candy that was about it <laughs> no I'm kidding no seriously um, I wish no, seriously every... I was Madonna <laughs> seriously I was <laughs> don't tell me that love isn't true <laughs> you got Robbie Williams in Madonna wrap it up wrap it up wrap it up um, but listen no seriously thank you so much for coming thank in thank you so much for having me it was lovely talking to you again it's been so long absolutely where one more time where can everyone <laughs> get stuff Fan camp. Yes. Yeah, so any of the record stores in town? Do they have any records left over? Most of the record stores should yeah. have records in them that belong to me. Um, and there should be some gigs coming up in November. Um, I can't confirm anything yet, but just keep an eye out on yeah. Instagram and Facebook. Amazing. And all that stuff. Katie Kim, thank you so much for coming in and being a guest for episode 49 of The First Exchange. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. I uh, hope you all enjoyed. That was Katie Kim for The First Exchange. <laughs> <laughs>